all to another episode of Fit Over 45. My name is Sue Cowlishaw and I'm here with... Gareth Boone. Otherwise known as Sue, Sue and, and Gareth. Gareth. Yeah. And today's episode is entitled Walking a Thousand Miles. Perfect. We're doing this now because you did the first, I did the second, so we'll do it alternately when okay. we we'll choose the podcast. Take well done. turns. Yeah, thank you. Before we go any further, I must pay you some kudos on your outfit this morning. Thank you. Because Sue uh, is wearing a gold top. Well, explain what it's made out of, because for me, I can only describe her as somebody who looks like she's from some sci-fi film of the sort of 1970s slash 80s. Well, it's kind of like a foil look, isn't it? It's gold it's foil. It's a gold foil. But it's a soft material. It's turtleneck. Like mm. And she's wearing that with some kind of floaty skirt underneath and some boots. Mm. An eclectic mix, Susan. Well, we've already talked about the gold top. Yeah, we'll share that on another, we'll share that on another podcast. As reason she's wearing gold at the moment. So yes, we're going to talk about walking a thousand miles, which is something I have done now for the last three years, a thousand miles a year. Um, but there's a reason we're talking about walking at all, and so we just, I want to make that clear. So I'm going to ex- so explain now why we are talking about walking today. Well, walking is kind of one of our um, what's the word? Oh, you know, you know what they call like like a structure. What's it called? Like a framework. It's one of the frameworks we use in Fit Over Forty Five as an exercise. We we always our three kind of main things we look at are walking, yoga, and resistance training. We feel that those three um, ways of of moving will give you everything that you need to keep your body strong and healthy. Yeah, it's, it, it is a big deal. And- I think when we initially had the concept of Fit Over 45, the idea was that we wanted to give people things they could do that were sustainable and achievable for most people. And the fact is, a lot of exercise routines these days, they're not that, I wouldn't say, they're not that exclusive. Not everybody can do them. I mean, I look at some of the stuff that you, you do see these days. I mean, you know, you must remember things when were like Zumba and things like that. Um, and there were kind of, what else came out? There was Zumba. There was, what's the other thing they used to do? Step. Step and all. So there's lots of different exercises classes cardio. And I do class I do class walking as a cardio exercise. You know, there's running, there's cycling. The problem with a lot of these other things, they, they do they do require sometimes a level of equipment which might be out of people's reach. And also, I think if you're starting out, some of these other exercises can be just too far. They can be too big. Yeah, well, I mean, we look we look at the fact that you can anybody can walk. Well, that's the theory. No matter where you're starting from, you know, most of if you want to get fit, you're gonna have to start moving, and it's one of the simplest things you can do. Yeah. So though we talk about it today, and so I'll give you some ideas of why we use it as one of our primary exercise um, regimes, and also give you some idea of how to get into it because excuse me, there's a can you hear that? Yes, I can. We live in a we live in a house which is right on the main road next to a hospital, so we kind of get used to that. It's very often, I don't often hear it because when I'm I suppose I'm working, I'm doing something you don't know. Yeah, listen, some days they're non-stop, very, and then other days, yeah, they're so very right rarely around. A hospital with a with a very big A and E department. Anyway, so we thought we'd start off talking about walking today. Give you some ideas of the reason we do it, how we do it. Um, give you some kind of basic kind of tips to get into it because all of you, I know some people. Not everybody can walk. We know people have some issues and they can't walk and disabilities. But for the majority of people, walking is probably one of the most natural things we do because we've been doing it a long time. So it makes sense to look at this as a form of exercise because you generally you will generally do some form of walking every day. 
albeit in some cases, not a lot of walking. Yeah, so, like walk to your car. Well, that's what people tend to do, don't they? Mm. They tend to get up on the morning, get out of bed, walk to the car, get out of the car, walk to wherever they work. Then when they finish, walk back to the car, drive home, walk from the car to the house, and then go inside, sit down and watch telly. So some days, you know, you can do very little. And what we're going to hopefully do on this episode is encourage you to maybe to think about walking a different way and encourage you to do more of it. Because we that really do think... weird, that. What did... Walking a different way. <laughs> like a different kind of gait. Like a funny walk. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Monty Cleese. Python's yeah, um, Ministry can... of Funny Walks. A different kind of walking. <laughs> well, I mean... Go on. You, you, well, no, but in, when we're out sometimes, you do see some people walking in some strange fashions. Mm-hmm. There used to be a person that... Um, be careful I'll say this. Um, somebody I used to live nearby a few years ago who used to walk in a very strange way. And it was really, really kind of kind of fast. Mm. Everywhere they walk, they walk fast. And we have a little guy out where we live now, don't we? And he, he walks past on an afternoon. Really fast. But he's always, he's hunched over. He must have some issue with his back. And he kind of hunches and he, he walks really fast and kind of hunched over and, and goes really quick. So there are different ways you can walk. What I'm talking about really when I say that is looking at walking in a different way, as in how do we look at walking as a form of exercise as opposed to just something that's very functional. Okay, so I made the list, Sue, today. You'll be happy to know because you're always saying, hey, what are we going to talk about? Have you made a list? I have made a list. Good. <laughs> I know you need a bit more structure than me sometimes. So the title of today's episode was Walking a Thousand Miles. And the reason I wanted to put that in is because um, I'm going to let Sue just tell you about her background into walking because Sue has walked a lot longer than me. And arguably, not arguably, definitely when I first met you, and we've been together, what now, nearly 10 years? Nearly 10 years. Um, when I first met you, I was not anywhere as close to being as fit as you were. I was in, I was in quite bad shape. Yes, you, you had your shoes. I, I had my shoes. And the reason, the way I got into my fitness, and this is why we promote it so highly here, was my way of getting into being fitter was walking, and Sue taught me how to do it. So I want Sue, just give us, give us a few minutes, a couple of minutes on your, how did you get into walking? <laughs> How did you start and kind of what experience have you had in your walking up to meeting me 10 years ago? Okay. Well, when we were younger, because it was like a different time and place, you you kind of like, um, there wasn't entertainment, there wasn't things to take your kids to. And we moved to a new area and uh, we joined a footpath group. I mean, we were horrified. I've got two sisters. We're absolutely horrified joining this walking group. But it really did set me off on the path to to how I walk now. We would kind of we were dragged out really every every Saturday or Sunday, and we'd go up to the to the North Yorkshire Moors. And after a few weeks, I, I really really looked forward to it. You kind of more looked forward to coming back. And in those days, you know, we could quite easily be on a 20 mile walk it sounds quite bad now so how old were you because you didn't, you didn't say how old you were so yeah, when, when did I, you start walking we once did a 20 mile walk i think i was 11 and my sisters were nine right, so this is in before you were teenagers yeah very, before very we were teenagers um and it just became part part of what we did on a weekend and there was no choice you know it's like would you like to go walking it was like this is what we're doing and we'd set off with our peck sandwiches and a blue ribbon and um, a bottle of water, and we would be out all day. There used to be a big group of us, and I have very fond memories of that time. That's when I really started getting into nature and enjoying the countryside, and uh, and walking gets you to places that you can't normally get to. You can't drive to places. No. You can't drive to the top of a of a mountain or a hill and see the view. You know, you have to use your legs to get up there. 
So apart from a little bit of a break when I was an older teenager and I was working weekends and then I had a family and all the rest of it, and I started getting back into walking probably about um, ooh, a good 20 years ago. So just for anybody that's that's listening that's not in the UK, when Sue says she went walking with a peck sandwich and a blue ribbon, <laughs> well, first the blue ribbon is not a piece of it's sort of material attached to it. Blue ribbon is the name of a biscuit we have in this country, which is like a chocolate wafer. And we just still have case, them. We still have them. In fact, I saw them the other day. I was nearly tempted to get a packet for one of our walks, funnily enough. Um, and a peck sandwich, well, peck is the, it's kind of a, I mean, they call it pork. I think it's a Polish thing, is it? Peck. I don't, well, I, I only remember it. It's just like a pressed pork meat that yeah. you slice up. It's very cheap because I'm guessing the biggest... Um, part of it is fat <laughs> well, we, or gristle. My dad used to, we, we used to joke, my dad used to cut it with a razor blade because there was five of us. I think we probably had more pickle on there than, than no, peck. Well. But, you know, it's simple things and all that. Well, that, that, yeah, the reason that, so you, you got into it 20 years ago and at what level would you say you were at when you met me? Because um, I think, just to understand this, we will talk more about this. In fact, we could talk about it now. Um I think people look at walking as been easy. And and initially when I start thinking about walking, I met you with the idea of, oh, we're just going for a walk. But it sounds easy because that, you know, we go for a walk to the shops, you might walk around the town. But actually walking, hiking, um, I suppose you could call it hiking, and um, rambling. Um, there's different levels of this, isn't there? Rambling. Diff- rambling. Mm-hmm. There's different levels of this. So, So I think there's that kind of basic level where I just simply walk functionally to go from my car to my house, my house to the shops, round the shops, back home again. So that's kind of level one. Up to people that do some very extreme walking. You know, they can walk for, well, we, we know of people that walk for continuously for, for sort of, with very little sleep in, in, in breaks for, for over 300 miles. In like the, the Do you remember the first, t- the first walk I took you on? I'm going to talk about that. But, I, I, but where were you at? So let's say one is... I walk from the shops, blah, 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 you know, around the shops, so and so, and then I can do sort of 200 mile multi walk over five days. That's a 10. So when I met you, I would have said you were around a five, six. You, yeah, you, you, you could not... walk, you could walk 25, 30 miles a day comfortably. Yeah, I wasn't in a regular routine of going every weekend. No, but you, but you were a strong walker. Yes, I've got strong legs. Strong legs. So I just wanted to know that because when I met so I was probably at a two. Um, I did I did walk occasionally longer than just around the shops. I did like to be in the countryside. But so introduced me to something which, um, even today, I've got to be honest, I'm not always that enamoured by. Um, she introduced me to hills. Because the concept of the walking I did was I did a lot of walking at the, at the coast. So my, my walking was kind of longer, flatter walks. And, and on reflection, you know, my walks would probably be the max four or five miles on a first meal. Well, no, but I'm thinking of distance because this is important. When people first set off, it's amazing if you were to actually go out walking with someone who's never walked before and said, you know, walk for a mile. You'd be surprised how quickly they turn around and say, I think I've done a mile, and it's nowhere near. So when I used to walk, I think I'd walked a long way, and, and, and looking back now, probably maybe three, four miles at the most, and I thought I'd done a big deal. So I just wanted to kind of show that we were at two different points. Sue was quite an advanced and an experienced walker. I wasn't, and that was that was 10 years ago, and I, I kind of want to use my journey into walking um, as a way to kind of encourage anybody listening to this to get into it as well. So you took me on my first walk. 
you want to give your um, like spin on the first <laughs> the first walk we did? Well, like you say, I don't think you, people understand that um, you know going for a walk is means a lot of different things to different people. And you are you were quite adamant that you you were a walker, you enjoyed walking. So I decided to take you out on not a particular long walk, or so I thought it was about eight mile. Um, but we did start off with quite a steep climb, and um, it became apparent after not very long that you were probably not used to climbing up hills. And when we after we'd done about six miles, you were getting really tired. Like, are we nearly there? And I, at the time, I thought, oh, this is ridiculous, because I didn't understand. Because I'd walked for so long, you you're so far away from from beginners or people just starting out. It's hard to relate to them but I soon, I soon I soon got my empathy back I think you did well I mean I, I remember the work with the first walk vividly it was Pateley Bridge mm-hmm. which is in North Yorkshire and we'd got out of town and as I say it must have been probably probably 10 minutes in maybe even less when we hit this hill and I, I really struggled I, I couldn't get my head around how difficult it was mm-hmm. so so this is why when I think people say oh walking's easy if you're not used to walking even even a small hill like that, and let's be honest, we've done that many times since. And I'm not saying we run up it now, but it's it's not that it's still a pull up the hill that you can still know you're going uphill. But that first hill was just a nightmare. Um, but something happened which was interesting on it is at the end of the first hill, you then we had we got to the to, to the to the top of the walk, and what I mean by that is the highest point on the walk. And I remember for the first time seeing the view and thought, "Wow, look at that." You did. You suffered with asthma then as well, didn't you? I had asthma back then, and um, so I don't think that helped. The asthma, I think, was related a lot to food. Um, I didn't eat well, and that's one of the things. You know, when I first, when I did meet you, and not only was I physically unfit, I had a very poor diet, um, and quite honestly, yeah, I remember I used to have to walk with the inhaler. Mm-hmm. You know, the little. I'm sure everyone knows what an inhaler is, but the little thing you can see people sucking on the, the kind of gas canister. It's a long time since you've. you've I haven't used that. that for years now, and that, that 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 went when I started to become a little bit fitter. Generally, I think that was more to be diet than, than than fitness, but the two are related. So yeah, I remember you taking me to that first hill and thought, "Wow, this is wonderful," and that that was my first walk because it was really really hard. And if I'm honest, from what we know now and what we talk about at Fit Over Forty Five, I would not take anybody. Who would not walk before on that walk? It was too much. Personally, I didn't know that you, you didn't know because I had, I had I had I had lied to you slightly. You had lied to me. I had lied to you, Susan. I had said that I was a walker and I wasn't. And I think this is the important thing about walking or any kind of fitness routine, exercise routine, is you need to be honest with the people you're going to embark on that training with and that exercise with of where you really are, because you will soon be found wanting, and I was found wanting on that walk. So what I'm saying is if you've decided you're going to get into shape, so oh, I'm going to get shape, I'm going to start walking, or I'm going to join a gym, or I'm, I'm going to start doing this, you've got to be honest at where you're at. Because this is the thing and, and about any exercise. Nobody will laugh at you for where you're starting. They'll only respect you. That's the one thing I found about walking with you and walking with other people with tech and walking. You've got to respect their limitations otherwise it's an uncomfortable and awkward situation for everybody and people do um progress fairly quickly once they start they do well let's Mm -hmm. talk about that because from that there very quickly i found that what sue wanted to do and she made it quite clear she wanted to do was she wanted to walk most weekends because she liked to be out so i had two choices it's a new relationship i've just met sue and i've got the choice thinking well i've got on a weekend i can either 
sit at home by myself or go walking with Sue because she's certainly not going to sit at home with me because she liked to walk every weekend. So I kind of... Oh, you do make me sound selfish. I did sit at home with you sometimes. We, but, but getting what I'm saying, getting outside on a regular basis is important, the consistency. So basically, I was not in a good shape walking. Sue took me walking. That helped. And then I needed something that I thought, how do I make walking more of a, a habit and, and, and something I did more regularly? Because Sue was a walker. She walked regularly. She had the love for it. And every time I went out, I always had something on the walk that kind of blew me away. saying, wow, look how nice that is. I mean, you must get that on walks. There's always one part of a walk in there when you think, that's just the business. Sometimes you get to your highest point and you stop for a few minutes and just take in what you can see. And sometimes if you know the area, you can, you know, when we go to parts of, um, when we're going up Ingleborough, which is one of the highest peaks in the Yorkshire Dales, you can look across and you can see the coast. Yeah, you can. Which is my... I don't know how far away it is. Like 40 miles. You can see the sea and you can see the sun sparkling on the sea and you can sometimes see tiny boats. And like you say, that's 40 miles away. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... And the vastness of it. And then it makes you feel so small because 40 miles away is not really... You know, on our planet, it's not very far. Speck. We're a speck. It is a little speck when we're out there. But th- this idea of... So she took me out regularly, and every time I went out, there was something about being outside that I kind of liked, even though I found it quite tough. So I thought I wanted a way to get, get fitter, really. Um, so I set myself this little target, and uh, it was to just walk more often. And, th- and the reason I'm saying this is that, you know, this, this is quite a few years ago now, but then about four years ago, I thought, how do I make this a real habit? So I made the decision to walk a thousand miles because I thought it sounded like a lot because I worked out if you walked a thousand miles from where we lived and you kept going in a straight line down the country and walked over the the, the English the channel. channel you'd be um in Paris you'd be further oh, than no, Paris you'll be down to the south of France you get five five thousand miles so I started thinking if I walked to Paris and back that'd be about a thousand miles so mm. I had this figure in mind of a thousand miles and and when I tell people I did a thousand miles there's always this kind of wow that's impressive well it isn't, right? And I'm going to tell you why it isn't. Because all you need to do to do a 1,000 miles a year is walk. It's less than three miles a day. And who else did a 1,000 miles a year at that point as a regular thing? Your mother. My mother. Your mother. Mom, so yes. Sue's mum is, I mean, she's how old? She's 79 in September. And she still focuses on that because it's roughly 20 miles a week. In fact, not roughly. It's, yeah, it's about 20 miles a week. So the, re- the reason I say this is it's something that I think is really sustainable to walk. You can walk every day. And I'm not talking about just walking to your car. I'm talking about intentionally walking miles for your own wellness and your well-being. So if you set off in the morning and walk three miles, it will take you roughly an hour. And, and I say that some people walk faster than some people walk slower. But when you get to a certain level, doing it in an hour is more than achievable. Because most people walk about, well, it's actually two and a half miles an hour people walk at average. But we can get to when you're walking by yourself and it's a bit flatter, which is where it is round here. Um, you can do three miles a day quite comfortably in an hour. So what I realised is if I committed to doing one hour every day for a full 365 days, regardless of the weather, I would cover a thousand miles in a year. And um, if I'm honest, it changed my entire attitude to walking did that because it became something I just love to do. I love to get out. I mean, what day are we recording this on? The 18th of May. Right now, when I went out this morning, um, it was just phenomenal out there. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It is lovely. It's very warm. And out at five o'clock, it was brilliant with the weather. It was lovely and mild. 
And, you know, I was out there, this, I went to the gym this morning, so we'll talk about that when we talk about resistance training in another episode, but some mornings I would just go out and walk. So for one year, I did that. And now, I average about a 1,000 miles a year, not because I go out every day, it's because on a weekend we do tend to walk a much further distance. So if somebody came to you and said um, they wanted to start walking and they didn't walk at all, you know, like we were talking earlier on, what would you, what would you suggest? That, how would you suggest they started, like right from the beginning? Well, I think the, the first thing you've got to do is realise that walking is something you're already doing. Unless, unless, unless you are, have some disability, um, you, you are walking now. So all you've got to do is you've got to become more mindful of how you're walking and where you're walking. So the one thing I would say is that the last thing I think you should do is grab a rucksack and a pair of heavy boots and go walking up a hill. I think you start off, if you've never done it before, let's go right back to I've never walked before and I'm quite out of shape. Because mm. some people who listen this might be in that position. I would suggest you start off by just visiting a local park. I think it's important. I think you can walk anywhere. So when I do my did my thousand miles, a lot of them are actually in a very urban setting. Half of it were urban, actually, and then half because I have like a route I used to follow. It took me down to a canal. So if you're anywhere in the UK, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world. You'll you'll never be that far away from a bit of green space, and you don't need that much of it. You know, even something as simple as a playing field with a football pitch on it. If you walk around that. The perimeter of that is about a quarter of a mile. So I would suggest you start off by getting comfortable with being outside, walking, and feeling that. And the reason I say that is, it's going to sound really silly, because of the world we live in with all the distractions of like mobile telephones and things like that, it's hard to be present sometimes doing what you're doing. Mm. So I'm not talking about going for a walk and you're listening, you know, watching your phone and you're listening to YouTube. No, I'm talking about being mindful walking. Because these two are tied in. You have to be walking intentionally and be start taking your surroundings. So I would suggest you find a bit of green space where you live. If you don't have any green space where you live, I would say you start off by doing one of two things, either walking first thing in the morning or later on in the day when it's quiet. You don't want it when there's loads of cars and traffic and people if you have to walk around the city. Because, I mean, we've walked around cities and you can get a good walking around the city. Mm. But you want the experience of enjoying the walk, not being mindful of bumping into anybody. So I think... Find a bit of green space, local park, and just start there. And get comfortable with being on your feet. Start off with as much as you can do. But if you can get on, get used to being on your feet for about an hour and comfortably walking for an hour continuously, that's what you're in. That's your first point. Can I walk continuously without feeling like I've strained myself too much for, for one hour? Um, and I know for some of you that probably sounds ridiculous. Well, anybody can do that. You'd be surprised that some people simply cannot do that. Um, so you've got to be, like I said, remember where you're starting from. So that's what I would say first and foremost. You can start off where you live, some kind of green space, just get used to being outside. That would be if, if you were starting from scratch. Mm. Um, if you wanted to take it to the next level, then you need to go and find some green space out of the city. So you want to go into the countryside. We have, uh, and I'm sure lots of other like community centres or councils and stuff, they have little walking groups. There's a big push at the moment. So we're having, um, I've noticed around at the community centre near us, they get together like once a week and they just go for like three or four miles and they're like chit-chat, chit-chat. So, you know, if you are bothered about going on your own, there's meet-up groups as well. There's different levels. You will be able to find a group of people to do a slightly smaller walk with and then build it up as well. So it's nice to have that companionship um, 
And like I say, I've noticed loads and loads of walking groups now and most of them are free as well. But it's become a big deal. I mean, I think since the pandemic, certainly in the UK, it was the only form of exercise you could physically do. You couldn't go to the gym anymore. You couldn't go swimming. You know, you could argue you could have cycled a little bit, but most people, I think, took to walking. And I think for the first time, a lot of people were exposed to the great outdoors because this is not just the physical, I'm getting fitter by moving and pushing my heart rate. It's also about the experience of being outside, which I think a lot of people don't get to experience enough. I mean, you know, we are going to talk about many things in these podcasts and as, and as a business and as an organisation, Fit Over 45 is about getting you fit mentally, physically and emotionally. And the thing with walking is walking is one of those things, it ticks all three. Walking will help you become stronger mentally. I think it can help you clear your mind, process your thoughts better. Um, I think it's certainly going to make you stronger physically. It's just a fact. I mean, I am now the fittest I've ever been and the majority of my exercise has been walking. And then emotionally... I think you get to process things in a different way outside. You start to see things that maybe would worry you, become less of a worry outside. There's something about being in nature which we could try to explain it to you. We could try to talk to you about it, but you have to experience it, really. I was just thinking then, listening to you, it's an energetic thing as well. It's like you're outside and you've got your seasons and you've got the weather. And when, you, when you're more in nature, where, where, we, where we came from your body starts to flow and it starts to get more of a, a rhythm because you, you're, you're, in a, a, an, you're in a system outside, you're in a natural system and your body then starts to kind of fall in line, like fall in step with the energy of nature. Well, you do notice, I mean, certainly, we, we've walked consistently now most weekends for, for three years. And what you start to see, you start to see them subtle changes in the weather mm. and the seasons. Like now, I mean, you know, people say, oh, it's springtime. Actually, there's a lot going on out there at the moment in the UK. There's a lot of kind of, a lot of the trees are in bloom at the moment. They have a lot of blossoms, so cherry blossom, and there's lots of things like that. And you start to sort of have a different approach because you can kind of, even in the, even in the height of summer, you know, you can be sat there thinking, oh, it's summer, it'll never end. And you can still, you can start to see little kind of signs of autumn. And then in winter, you can be in the depth of winter. I mean, this year, I think it may have been even December or January. I start to notice on the walks, there were trees starting to bud up even in January when you think it's deep midwinter. Well, actually, if you look closer, walking, I think, is one of those activities. You can take it to any level you want to take it to. If you want it to be just a simple, casual, steady walk, that's, you know, 35, 40 minutes every day, fantastic. You can take it and do that. If you want to be something that's really going to push you physically, mentally, you know, you can go on some of these kind of longer walks. You can do something like the National Three Peaks of the UK, the Yorkshire Three Peaks, Coast to Coast, Pennine Way. They're just a few names of walks in the UK. And they will push you. And they'll push you, and they, they, you know, some top athletes can't do that kind of work. This is a, it's the beauty of walking is you can start at any age. You prove that you started when you were eleven. Mm. You can do it with people much older than you, which is difficult with some sports and yes. some activities. It kind of allows you to, to take it to a level that's right for you. So you can do this from any age. As you get older, you know, we've walked with your mother, and you know, your mother, although she's still a decent walker, you know, she's, she says she's nearly eighty. But we can still walk with that. It's something we, it's very inclusive as far as as an exercise um, form is is concerned. Because, like you say, you can you, you have no limitations apart from, um, I suppose the ones you put on yourself. So if if you there's nobody saying you can't walk with a really fit person, they can be slower. 
But getting outside, walking, it's the one exercise routine, if people looked at it, it makes the most sense. Because you can start your walk from the front of your house. So so when I did a 1,000 miles, it was three miles a day. I had a route I used to take. And then all I used to do in the morning was get up, go out and walk, regardless of two things, regardless of the, ti- the, the time of year or the weather. So, I mean, I've done some walking in ridiculous conditions, you know, freezing cold and icy. And people, you know, I remember thinking it might, it might have been you, actually. What are you doing that for? You're mad. Well, it's because... It was a commitment I made, and I found that making that commitment to doing the 1,000 miles a year gave me two things. No, I didn't think you were mad doing that, Gareth. I thought you were mad doing the Pennine Way walk oh, during no, no, COVID. Let's not, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, no, we have to talk about that. Okay. Gareth's obsessive behaviour led him to do um, a, a virtual... Well, it wasn't a virtual, you did it outside your own house... Pennine Way. It's Pennine Way 268 miles. 268 miles. Was it in one month? Yeah. In one month. Okay, so that was a bit... But that's what... So that was what I said, are you mad? Not okay. because you went out in the winter, because I love going out in the snow, you know me. But you once, one day you did 40 miles. <laughs> and he went out in the morning and he came back at night. And I thought, oh, I wonder where he's been 40 miles. He'd been in the, <laughs> in the field opposite. Walking round in circles. It wasn't quite that. It makes me sound like a madman. It was a five-mile circuit I'd done. Yes, a lot of it was in the field opposite where we lived. How many times? It was a lot of time. It was a lot of time. And so I realised if I'd have looked out of my bedroom window, I'd have seen him. Yeah, every, every few minutes I'd have gone past. Hello. I thought he'd like walked. Oh, it was so funny. Yes. But that, no, because but that's where I went to, and that's why I want. I don't want to scare people off. By talking about that, what I'm looking for here on this podcast. after a few podcast, years, yeah. Yeah, because I've built up to it. That's why I'm saying it's why we push it if it's over 45. Walking is so sustainable. You can start at any age. You don't need any equipment. All you need is a decent pair of shoes and then the, the appropriate weather conditioning. So, you know, if you're walking in rain, you clean the raincoat or, or something that's waterproof. If you're walking in summer, you want something that's going to be good on your feet. But, if, but most people will be able to walk today. If anybody listens to this podcast, I guarantee we said, look, go out and walk for 10 miles. You've got, have you got a backpack? You'll have a backpack also you can carry you some water in. And that's all you need, really. If you've got a decent pair of shoes, you've got the right clothing for the appropriate conditions, you can carry a bit of water with you, because you should drink water, whether it's winter or summer, or a warm drink, maybe, in case you want to stop for a bit of a drink on a walk, and get out there. And then, as and we will talk more about this, because it's like almost such a big subject, you can't get into just one podcast, but... Once you start to understand how to create walks for yourself and be able to kind of read maps, which most people think, mm-hmm. I could never read a map, it's so easy. You There's learn. so many great apps out there that allow you to navigate routes. Once you start to understand that even wherever you live right now, I guarantee there'll be some local trail that somebody has made that will be, you can download it on, 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 on the internet and you'll be able to follow that route. It's such a fantastic way to get into shape. And I think... If anybody was to ask me, well, not if anybody did, every, when people do ask me, you know, how do I get back into shape? Firstly, you must start to look at your diet. But that's why we did the one last week. Cause you can't... Out-train a bad diet. You can't out-train a bad diet. No matter how much exercise you do, if you're eating rubbish, it's gonna, you're not going to get see a lot of benefit. But then the, the easiest way to start building your fitness levels up is walking. And you start off walking small distances on the flat. And as you get better, you start to do longer distances and start to add some hills. And very quickly, I mean... I suppose last weekend's a prime example. We went out last weekend with um, with our friend Rianne, and I'm sure Rianne's listening to this. She does listen to it, so hello, Rianne. Um, we went out last weekend, and we did 
15 miles in a place called Heptonstall, which is, if you're from the UK, it's just outside Halifax, a place called Todmorden or Hebden Bridge. It's around that area. And we did 15 miles and went up to a place where, which everybody will know, even if you're not from this country, Howarth, which is where the Bronte sisters are from. You remember what did they, what did they write? Oh, Jane Eyre. And Pride and um... Prejudice, all that kind of stuff. And we went to Withenstop, which is kind of a, one of the, the areas I think one of them got some inspiration from one of the books from. And we did 15 miles. We did 2,500 foot of ascent. And I have to be honest, we talked about it like we were just going for a walk around park. And, and I, I, rem- I forget how far we have come. Mm. You know, we did that, and quite honestly, it was a... It, well, it, 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 it was easy for us. And there were some big hills. There were a lot of uphills. But yet, we've got to a stage now where, over time, in my case, three, well, four years now, five years, of really getting to this level of really taking care of myself through the walking, so to, to that becomes easy for you. Do you want to just talk about the feelings you had when you felt that you weren't fit enough? I think it's a horrible feeling, Sue, and I think some people who will be listening to this podcast will empathise with this. If you go out to do some exercise and you find yourself, after a couple of minutes, really, really struggling, it's embarrassing. Because actually what you think is, this shouldn't be how it is, especially when you see other people doing it. So what you can have the habit of doing, you're thinking, I'm so embarrassed, I'm not going to do this again. Mm. As if, by magic, the next time you do it, or if you ever did it again, you're going to got fitter without doing anything. You must accept, in order for you to get better at something, you must first be bad at it. So if your fitness is not great, you've got two choices, right? This is the dead obvious choices you have. You've got one, do nothing about it then. If you don't, you're not happy with fitness, don't go anywhere that revolves you being fit. Just sit at home, watch your telly, on your couch. What does that lead to? That leads to immense health problems as you get older. Or you can start to make another decision, which is, I'm going to do something about this and set yourself on this journey. There's two things I want to say. This this is relevant, whether it's dieting, whether it's exercising, or whether it's to do with your mindset. People want stuff way, way too fast. They'll say things like, I'm out of shape. I'm, out, I'm overweight, out of shape, and I'm feeling fed up with myself. And I want to feel better tomorrow. Well, it's not going to happen. You might feel better than you did today, tomorrow, a little bit. But for you to be back into shape, to be physically well, to get your weight where it wants to be, can sometimes take a long period of time. And most people don't have the patience or the tenacity to keep that going. And the things with patience and tenacity, they're not something that some people have and some people don't have or born with. You you develop them. So me, when I did the 1,000 miles, that was part of me building my tenacity. Every day, three miles. It's not difficult, it's doing three miles. But doing it every day for 365 days, that's more of a challenge. But you've got to... When, when I used to feel fed up like that, it, it would stop me going to places. That's why I said earlier on, do not kid people as to where you are with your fitness. Uh, that It reminded me, because I was at the dentist yesterday, when we went to a new dentist, very nice young lady. And she got talking to me about yoga and she said she wanted to get into yoga and she'd gone to a local class. And she was embarrassed because there was women there who were clearly twice her age who had so much strength and so much flexibility that she felt she felt bad about herself. And she went home and sulked and didn't go back. And then after a week or two, she started to think, hang on a minute, you know, what is this showing me? There's people twice my age who are stronger and more flexible. And then she went back and she persevered and she stuck at it. She stood at the back of the class because she did feel uncomfortable that other people had got a, you know, a better handle on it, but then she realised these people have probably been doing it for years and she'd gone once. 
Well, that's I think that's the issue most people face with anything. This is not this is not just a fitness thing. This is a life thing. This people look at where somebody else is and they, and they're somewhat times resentful or they have a lot of kind of you know, um, not resentful or jealousy about where these people are, but yet they've no idea of the journey them people took. No, and everybody can do it. You just do have to have patience. You, you have to have the patience. That's why we want to encourage people as, as a way of getting into to exercise to get into your walking. Because if you can get outside and just keep going out more often and then just extend your routes, and sometimes rather than going longer, you start to make it more difficult by putting some hills in, you know, getting used to understanding nature. Because part of walking outside in nature is not just about, you know, knowing where to walk. It's also being able to read the weather. You can, when you've been out long, if you'll sense the weather conditions changing, you'll know... It's very, it becomes very intuitive, and that's why, certainly now, you know, I would, I would, I'd be very comfortable to take anybody out walking. I would know very quickly what their level was, and also I think I've got very good at navigating, so we can go on walks where there are not a lot of other people. But if 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 you're not willing to sort of put the effort in and, and think, oh, that's going to take me three or four months, if you want it now and you want it straight away, you're always going to struggle because you'll end up taking on some fitness routine. You'll think, oh, I'll go to gym. I mean, even worse, these people that do things like, you know, get jacked in six weeks, 12 weeks, you know, beach body in six weeks. It's ridiculous. You're just going to get fed up and give it up. Well, you know, you can also hurt yourself. And secondly, a lot of this stuff is just, well, it's just a myth. It's taken me, I would say five years. It got it took me five years to get to a stage where I would class myself as a walker that was, you know, I was a decent walker. Further from that now, I would class myself as a good walker. There's not many walks I wouldn't take on. You know, I, I wouldn't promise to be as quick as some of the guys in front of me that, that might be a bit younger. You know, I might not, I might not be able to keep up with them, but I certainly could go the distance, which I think is important. You have to have, you have developed that tenacity. And I think it's a good, you learn a lot about yourself walking because there will be moments, especially as you start to walk longer distances when you'll want to think, oh, why am I out today? You know, and you'll have moments like that on most long walks. So like me and Sue now, and we have we have Rihanna we walk with, so there's like three of us walk most weekends now. You know, our kind of I suppose point we're at is yes, I have walked forty miles in one day and, and would I do it again? I could. But but our kind of I suppose our break point is up to twenty miles is about right for us because twenty miles works to be out to be pretty much a full day out, doesn't it really? We can do that yeah, with a bit of lunch break and in the summer we can comfortable with that. We don't really go much more than twenty miles regularly but we do we do occasionally go over 25 up to no almost up to 30. Can I ask you another question? Yeah. How important has it been for you to be able to log your miles? Has it been does it inspire you? Does it motivate Absolutely. you when you can see? Okay. There's an application you can use it's called Strava. It's an app you can get on any phone and get an Android and get it on iOS iPhone. Um and that allows you to log your miles now. Just if you are interested in doing this and, and it's something you want to take seriously, the more you get into it, you want to set yourself a little target to get yourself something called a Garmin watch. These are watches that people use for running. Um, we will talk about running in future episodes because I think it does serve a place, does an element of running. And I'm not going to say running full stop, an element of running, but we'll talk about another episode. But these watches would tend to be runner's watches. So if, if you were looking for an online, you'd just look for Garmin runner's watch. It allows you to just press a button and it'll tell you where you ran, how many miles you did, and then it'll log it onto to Strava. And then it shows you the map you did, tells you how many calories you burnt, how many feet you went up and went down. And what I found when I was doing a thousand miles, watching that total build up throughout the year really, really helped. 
So I think now that anybody who is reasonably able-bodied could comfortably do a thousand miles in a year if you are willing to do it every single day. And I know now I can and I can almost guarantee somebody, someone will be watching this, listening to this episode going, huh, I can do it every day. There's a problem. You'd think you can do it every day, but you can find an hour every day to go out and have a walk. Well, even on Christmas, even on your birthdays. Yes, why not? Instead of looking for reasons why you couldn't do it, think, could you find an hour every day? And if you want me to know where you can find the hour, generally you'll find it watching telly. So instead of what's happening in the knowing what's happening in the latest kind of EastEnders or soap opera, it will be much more beneficial to your mental, physical and emotional health to actually get out and do the hours worth of walking because eventually you'll get that down to 50 minutes and it becomes normal. So the fact I could log it on my, on my phone through Strava made a big difference because it motivates you. Now, it's really strange when you start off at the beginning of the year. In January, I'm thinking, I've done six miles. That's another 994 to do. But as you start to get to sort of this time of year and you start to approach halfway, oh, I'm nearly halfway. And then I'll tell you when it really starts to kick in, when you get to kind of um, sort of October time, November. Because what I did then is I actually ended up thinking, oh, I could, I could do more than 1,000. So I actually, I, I did 1,400 one year and 1,200 and because once you're motivated, once you're into it, it's, it really is motivating. So, yes, yeah, Strava works. And especially if you do it with some friends, because you could have some friends in different parts of the, the world. Never mind the same country, but different parts of the world. And you could say, look, let's have a little kind of challenge. So having little challenges with yourselves and your friends is a good thing to do. The only downside, though, it always makes me laugh, is like when you get back, you're getting back to the car and you've done 9.85 miles. Oh, no, no, you've got to make it 10. You've got to make it 10. <laughs> so you're like walk around the car park three times but you have to do a little bit more than over the over the 10 mile because sometimes Strava uploads it a little bit less yeah, so if you do 10 point 10.2 miles it might just upload it as 9.99 oh, so you've got so to do a little bit more so I did that last week when we got back I'd got about yeah nine uh, 14 point eight five so I had to do this circle around the town like twice till it clicked over to 15 miles and it's like why have I done that it makes a difference it becomes fun people who've got Strava will understand what we're talking about there that idea of you know getting to your next full mile we'll just recap this because we want it to be something you think about you know if you have never walked before and I guess most of you will have walked before Let's just look at the basic gear you need. To start off, all you're going to need is a pair of training shoes or, or some decent shoes. I would tell you wear trainers because they're better on your feet. Um, some kind of backpack. And what I mean by that is just some real small bags. to just be able to carry a couple of things. Whenever you go walking, even if you go walking for three miles, I would always take a couple of things with me. I'd always take some, but if you've not done it for a while, if you're not used to you're not that fit, take a little bit of water with you because you might feel that you need a little drink halfway around. You should always stay hydrated. Um, even... If there's a doubt the weather might turn funny, just take a little raincoat with you. You can put that in your bag as well, even if you don't need to start off with. And the other thing you should always carry with you when when you are when when you are walking is 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 some form of um, telephone, right? People sometimes say, "I want to get into nature and just have me and nothing else." Look, if you're going somewhere, especially off the beaten track, make sure you've got some way of communicating with the outside world because even the best of us can take a tumble now and again. And although we've never needed to use the um, can you come and get me um, kind of thing on my phone, it's always to have it. So as long as you've got them decent shoes, a backpack and you've got a phone, you're good to go. Remember that man that had to cut his own arm off? Yeah, that would have... Because oh, he hadn't told anybody where he was yeah, going. Yeah, well, 
I remember that that film mm. that was quite a strange film. I think it was called Twenty Four Hours. Or something. You know, I'm not scaring people, but no, he just but just because he, be, he hadn't told anybody where yeah. he was going. And more than anything, be sensible. You know, if you're starting out, don't push it too far. If you're fairly, if you if you do walk, just we just encourage you to do more of it. As far as a standalone piece of exercise is concerned, if there's only one exercise we could do, maybe this would be different for Sue because we'll talk about something else in other episodes. What Sue's kind of likes to do. Um, mine would be walking. I would say, look, if I if I could do nothing else but walk, I could make myself incredibly fit just by walking. So, any more thoughts before we get off, Sue? Any more things to mention about people getting into walking? I've talked about that. I think pushing for the thousand miles, three miles a day, is a really good thing to have a go at. So, have a go at that. But even if you start at five hundred, that's a mile and a half a day. That's not much. Um, but try to set yourself a little target. Um, get the right gear. You know. Spend your time outside mindfully. You know, don't be kind of listening to your phone or doing something else. You might want to put some music on maybe, but don't be distracted. Try to be in nature and enjoying it. Anything else, Susan? Mm, I don't think we've covered everything. It's a bit Just of a mismatch. Be, yeah, but I always think be careful when you go out in the in the sun. A lot of people go out, especially... People, you know, from the male side and they never have any cream. And the sun can be strong even when it's cloudy as well, as, you know, some of us have found out to our detriment. Always put a sunscreen on, especially on the back of your neck. Take a baseball cap. She's saying that because I'm sat here today and my face is peeling because <laughs> I burnt it on Saturday because I didn't put any suntan cream on. Anyway, look, we've, we've, given, we've talked a bit there about walking. Um, it's been interesting in these first three episodes because I think we're just starting to get into a flow and how we talk and what we talk about, so... Um, we hope you enjoyed them. It seems to be because we're getting people listening to them. So if you do listen to the episode, you've enjoyed it, please subscribe. That would be a great help because more subscribers, it means it goes up higher in the rankings and more people listen to it. And if you'd be interested in us talking about any particular subject around either mindset, nutrition or or exercise, just drop us a, as, as, a, as a message. If you go to fitover45.com, you'll find our website. There's a contact us page there. Something you want us to talk about, mention it and then if we can we'll mention it in future episodes have we not got a little facebook group yet we, we're gonna not yet that, that will um, when that when that's ready to go we'll get people to, to talk about that but okay. that maybe next week that'll be ready to go because we do want to create a community that's we, we want to create other people um be part of our journey with us so you can have that with next week's podcast okay good but anyway that's what we're gonna look forward to next week we're gonna talk about community more so there you go well done sue thank you <laughs> <laughs> look on your face right thank you for listening until next Tuesday, next Wednesday take care take care